the championship season is over and what a season it was. But the best is yet to come. It's the playoffs. Who will make it to the Premier League? And who will be left heartbroken at Wembley? Stay across it all with the second tier. We're bringing you episodes after every leg. And in between, we're revisiting the greatest moments in playoff history. It's real conversation with two real championship obsessives. So you can be in the know about everything happening in the playoffs. And share all your new knowledge in the pub with your mates. So come join us. We're your one-stop shop for the playoffs. Search second tier in your podcast app. And hit subscribe. This is Luke and Pete's summer. Still not sure of that name, but we're going with it. My name is Pete Donaldson. I'm joined by Luke Maher on the other chair. All right. I called you Luke Maher there. You get Luke Maher. As if you're Johnny Maher's brother. I've got a chair, and that's better than usual. <laughs> you that's actually had two chairs, but you got rid of one and got on. a new one, yeah. Such a diva. <laughs> Into episode two now, the rider requests are going sky high. <laughs> <laughs> Just watching Luke trying to fiddle with uh, a rather, to be honest, a rather complicated chair. It's got three levers and one of those little inflaty things on the back. They are too complicated these it's days, Pete. not and right. I've told you that before. We haven't got time to go into it now, but that, yeah. maybe that would make the basis of episode three. <laughs> <laughs> episode three, chair oh, chat. We're talking about chairs now. <laughs> We've run out. <laughs> uh, episode two, this is of our little Luke and Pete party. Once again, we're going to be treating you to the highlights of our week, something we've been enjoying devouring or just simply rubbing up against basically we're going to be yeah. committing another entry to our men Carter CD-ROM encyclopedia and we'll be fielding some emotionally loaded questions from you braggards first things first I've got a jingle for this Luke oh good yeah it's been it's been one week since we've done an episode <laughs> I genuinely hadn't heard that before. Right. Bit of, um, let me try and remember the name of that band. Come on. It's, um, really? It's been one week since you looked at me. Uh, uh, what are they called, Pete? Bare Naked, bare naked Ladies. It's been. Yeah, Correct. Go. It's Correct, been Luke. one second since I got that right. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, uh, it's been. It's been. One week since we've done an episode. So, what have you been enjoying this week, Luke? What nonsense has piqued your considerable interest? Well, as ever, Pete, I have used this rough framework for a show, interpreted it as I wish, and yes. I'm now going to answer a completely different question. <laughs> now, if you watch what it, haven't you done this if week? You, if you watch and consume enough media, or even listen to it enough radio, when they get people on as, as interviews for different expert opinions and stuff, if you're very careful, you can listen out for them just answering the question they want to answer. Yeah. Um, Politicians do it quite a lot, yeah, don't exactly. they? Yeah, exactly. So um, I'm going to do that now. Okay. Um, no word of a lie. I haven't, I haven't briefed you on this ahead of time or anything right. like that. But um, what I wanted to talk to you about this week was um, a tiny bird flew into my house today. There was a bird. There was a bird. Uh, I was sat in the living room. It was a particularly uh, muggy day today. Particularly so, birdy day for you. Yeah. Well, it, it certainly t- turned into a particularly birdy day, but it was particularly muggy. So and I, my uh, living room's on the first floor, um, and I had the windows open. I was sat there working away, and mm. I had a sort, of, a sort of strange sort of sense that something was awry. You had a strange yeah. sense that a bird was watching you. Well, I, I didn't at this point know it was a bird, but were, right. I've got two cats, and one of them was sat in, on the next chair, and he sort of looked over a bit strange and got really excited. I looked over in, in turn. There's a tiny little blue tit sat on the inside windowsill of the living room. Wow. Was, yeah. was there just a moment where you looked at the cats, looked at the bird, the bird looked at you and thought... Shit's gonna go bad. Yeah, Shit's gonna go south real quick. The bird then hopped onto the top of the TV. Yeah, obviously the flat because you know, the TV is quite thin now. Right? Yeah, so you just perch on it, and I thought. I, I, I don't know what to do. <laughs> it was almost like, but it's not like when Did I the, imagine if you live in like a sort of exotic country and, and something poisonous or genuinely dangerous approaches you. You know, you know the bird can't hurt you. Yeah. But you think, I've got to deal with this now. Yeah. I can't, there's no one I can call. The bird, the bird just looked at everyone and went, I suppose you're wondering why I brought you all here. <laughs> I was like, you man, I've got a cat. <laughs> I mean, he's not picked the greatest house no. to pop into, has no, he? he? Two he cats. Hasn't. Two anyway. young, spunky cats. And, and in many countries, I think this is, superstition-wise, this is a bad thing, right? People think this is this is signifier of, of terrible news is going to come your way, uh. or, or death, or all that, all that sort of stuff. Like a monkey on a roof. Uh, yeah. That's what they have a is, lot of time. Is that right? I think, I think in Malaysia, I think monkeys on roofs is bad, bad sign. That must bad happen karma. all the time over there, though. Yeah, a lot of bad luck around there. I think generally, it's a very unlucky country. Generally speaking, if there's a monkey on your roof in London, <laughs> something has gone awry. Yeah, you live in Camden, and <laughs> London Zoo have not been counting them in yeah, and counting them yeah, out. Yeah. <laughs> um, but anyway, so this bird was in, and I, and I thought, I, I wasn't thinking about the superstition thing at the time, I was just thinking, 
Where's I, my revolver? I don't know if I'm. No, 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 no. I would never. I would never do that, Peter. That, that, you don't have a revolver no, for one. Wow. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but I was thinking. Well, in my, in my naive state of mind, I was thinking. Well, I'll just open the window wider, and he'll probably fly out. Again. <laughs> Obviously, that wasn't happening. Yeah. So I did that anyway, but he wouldn't fly out. So um, I thought I'm going to take ages to catch him here, um, and I don't want the cat chasing him. So I grabbed the cat. And the cat looked so disappointed. Like, the cat's not done anything. Don't punish the cat for what the bird decided to do. But I want the cat out. So it's I'm, an old could... proverb. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I wanted the cat out so I could deal with it. So I basically uh, put the cat out. Right. I went into the kitchen, grabbed a tea towel, and I thought, I'm going to be here all day trying to catch this, but I'm pleased no one's here watching me do this. <laughs> but you know something? Funnily enough, when I got... I mean, the bird did fly around a little bit. Yeah. Um, but it wasn't like bird shit and feathers everywhere. It was very, very serene. Mm. It's a very tiny thing anyway. When I got very close to it, it just completely froze, like completely froze. Right. And so I was able to get the tea towel over it, carry it to the window, and just sort of open the tea towel. Like a little... Squeeze your hands. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> open the tea towel, and it was just blood and gut. No, no. <laughs> open the tea towel on, on the on the windowsill, like a little like a little parcel. Right. And it just sort of looked around and flew off. But um, so I mean, listen, nothing's happened to me since then. It was it was only a few. I mean, it was mere hours ago, <laughs> so I could get struck down the way home. But that is by far the defining uh, event of my week. And make of that what you will. But do you not think it's strange that in 2017... I know we live in the city. Yeah. You live a little bit further out than me, but I just think that sometimes when you see uh, a, a, an image of, like, a, a wild animal inside somewhere quite... You no, know, quite base, quite yeah. kind of like an office block or like yeah, yeah. a, a, a You normally see, a you house. sometimes find pigeons in, in the train stations and stuff. Yeah, exactly. I once saw a pigeon get on a train to Brighton. Bearing in mind, the train to Brighton from London Bridge only has two stops. Mm. One in three bridges, yeah. possibly Gatwick Airport, uh, and then on to Brighton. Yeah. So this bird flew on and caused chaos in the carriage. Everyone cleared out that carriage and just yeah. you know went to a different one. And uh, it got out of Brighton. Huh. So that bird must have been right. I've got on to yeah. a to, to a train, gone all the way to Brighton. He wouldn't know where he is. <laughs> they have a little t- little ticket tucked under his ear. Little copy of Fifty Shades of Grey. Um, a similar thing happened to me though. A few uh, actually, probably about two months ago. Uh, a little kind of a little wee bird. I think I took a picture actually. It came in and sat on my uh, cooker hood. All oh, right, then it flew off again. Uh, no, I. Did similar thing to you, really. I just sort of walked slowly towards it, opened the window, and it managed to just kind of figure out that it's not, it's not supposed to be in there. No, exactly. You're not supposed to be in but, there, little bird. But it's cause sometimes, I mean, it's happened to me, and I used to work in an office with a full-glass-fronted office, and at one point, um, a bird... What, what sort of bird was it? I think it might have, been a, it might have actually been a duck. Flew full, full pelt. That will smash into, a window. Into the window. It was it was really thick sort of double glazed window. Right. Um, it didn't break the window or anything, but it massively lot of um, sort of uh, um, stunned itself, concussed mm. itself, and it was just sat there for ages. I'm like, oh, this is terrible. It was right next to my my desk. Yeah. After a while, it sort of got got itself together and, fl- and flew off, which was fantastic. But um, what you just reminded me of with that pigeon on the train. A friend of mine shared a picture with me, which I may have shared with you. With you. He took a photo of a fox. Just riding an escalator up from a tube station. <laughs> so the photo is the fox just rising over the crest of the top of the escalator, like it's just nonchalantly been on the tube. Beautiful. So animals, with a baller hat on. Animal. Everyone loves it when an animal does something a human's supposed to do. Yeah. But that, so that's that's a great example. Well, when well, you look at the uh, birds hitting the window and stuff, uh, there was a story last week uh, that in Texas, I think it was, these migratory birds. Um, I think two hundred to three hundred of them all got confused by um, fog or something, and they flew too low, hit a skyscraper, and killed them all. Killed themselves. So two hundred huh. birds at the same time. Imagine that just raining down on you. Wow. Biblical. Yeah, that is, I, I mean, I also heard that. Um, I don't know if this is true, but I heard that the way that scientists found out that birds migrate is because a big crane. Um, it, in, it befriended it, one. No, no. What <laughs> Where's he gone? I think people up until a certain point thought that um, birds just died. They didn't live that long. Right. They didn't realise they migrated because they just, just used to disappear, right? Right. But I think one, apparently once, like a big tall crane flew back to Europe with a spear in its neck. Ah. And it had been hunted by, I don't know, I guess like Zulus or something. Yeah. Way back, way back in the day. And that's how they realised they put two and two together and thought, hang on a minute. I've that, seen that spear. That's south. Steve's spear. <laughs> yeah. Steve said he wasn't anywhere near the <laughs> incident. <laughs> yeah. So there we go. More, more bird chat than I was expecting. But wow. Yeah. Mm. yeah. So your, can your moment of the week top a bird in a house? That's what I want to know. One in the house is, no better, harm than, done. <laughs> is better than one in the bush. Yeah. Uh, mine basically uh, deals with a man called Steve. Okay. On the internet, on YouTube. Okay. Um, 
basically... Uh, Can I just say, before when we started doing the show, I did say to you, if you want to do this, you're going to have to leave the house. <laughs> <laughs> you, can't, you can't just sit in your bedroom. Your story was literally a bird in your house. Well, I've, I've inverted it. Not having it. Um, Steve1989, MRE Info. Uh, it's right. a guy on YouTube. It's not a catchy name. We don't know what his second name is. Uh, look, what's the oldest thing you've ever eaten? Oldest thing? Yeah. Wow. Like, what, have you ever sort of been at your mum and dad's house and gone to the back of the cupboards? Because, like, the older generation would stock cans for, like, oh, decades, yeah. wouldn't oh, yeah, they? Big time. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm quite sort of, um, not, not, um, not, av- I'm quite sort of brave about that stuff. I'll, I'll give stuff a sniff and if it smells all right, I'll eat it. Right. I, I went through a phase of eating sort of quite, uh, quite out of date um, fruit. Yeah. But it, sometimes it would be a bit furry and I'd just wash the fur off and that used to give me quite bad stomach ache. <laughs> But, but, fruit, doing it. but fruit doesn't last that long, does it? So <laughs> probably not that. I mean, but I know what you mean in terms of tin stuff. I, I am. Um, I was. Um, I was cleaning out uh, a cupboard of a deceased relative, maybe a few years ago, and uh, there was stuff in the back of that cupboard. Yeah. That had, also deceased. Six, it was five, six, or seven years out of date. Yeah. I, I didn't eat it. But, uh, <laughs> but I just looked at it. I opened it. I opened it and it touched my lips. The first thing you said when you when you said to me, "I oh, was the big, the oldest thing you've eaten," I was thinking in terms, in terms of oldest things I've consumed, it'll be like an old scotch or something, probably or an old bottle of wine. Or right. Like okay. But that's quite a middle class answer, isn't it? <laughs> it's a little what, bit. What, what, what is this guy got? Ten year egg. Has this man got a YouTube channel of eating old food? Well, you've spoiled the surprise, but yes. <laughs> a man listen. from America on YouTube who specialises in eating really, really old food. Anyone who's ever known you in any capacity would have had to guess that, piece. It's, it's an inhuman. I love this guy. So he's, what sort he's, of stuff has he eaten? Well, he's part of an online community who's, who swap old, what they call MREs, military ready-to-eat rations. Right. So he basically locates, finds, uh, borrows, buys old rations from back in the day. Uh, they're obviously food that's not that aren't designed for, like, gourmet taste. They're designed to just pack as many calories into uh, a small amount of space. And presumably they're designed to last a long time as well. Exactly. Yeah. So, uh, like, the, some of the rarest stuff he's eaten is, is uh, Italian army rations from back in the day that uh, contained little liquor, miniatures and stuff. Um, and because these, like, rations are raising quite a bit of money on the grey market, there's actually criminal investigation units inside the army set up to find out who's selling right. these rations off the back of a lorry to people. But it's, so it's not only just old stuff, he also eats the modern ration from, like, the Israel Early army or uh, the, the, the Russian army. Just to see the differences, what you get in each I pack can, and stuff. I can perfectly picture what this man looks like. How, what does he look like? Describe I, him. Because I'll, I'll show you a video of him. Quite nerdy, quite yeah. nerdy looking. No, so, he, you know, he's quite handsome, quite uh, healthy looking. Quite wears, one of, wears one of those caps with like a American uh, warship on the front, USS Freedom or whatever. He might have been wearing a wife beater with an American flag on. Yeah, there but we he's, go. he's my hero. Okay, he's such right. a dude. Okay, right. uh, as I said, he's very tanned. It might be hepatitis. I don't know. It might be <laughs> salmonella. It might yeah. be something else. But he, uh, he, Steve makes the big point of uh, saying that he doesn't have health insurance. Right. And he's eating all this old oh, food from back in the day. Boasting. There was. I, I, I'm pretty <laughs> sure I saw on the hundredth anniversary. Of, um, of a battle in the First World War, I'm pretty sure I saw a, um, a, a sort of ration tin, yeah. tin being eaten or something, and the, and the guy was like, "Yeah, it's not that. It's not that good." <laughs> this isn't delicious. I think it was just corned beef and biscuits or something. Well, I think yeah. It's, I mean, that is. It's usually like really fatty meat and usually a lot of uh, kind of saltine kind of biscuits. Yeah, saltines exactly to give you give you what you need. But, you what you need. But I, I mean, on that note, I, mean, I said earlier, I'm, I'm quite sort of uh, laissez-faire when it comes to worrying about fr- fruit being out of date, particularly. But I would say overall, you are a much more adventurous eater than I am. Yeah, you, but you, I, you, I want it anything that's gone off though. Like I'm, I'm pretty diligent about sell by dates and use no, by dates and stuff. You almost, you, it's almost perverse how often you want to eat weird food. I mean, I've been, I've been with you before when we've been, uh, I don't know, on a Sunday morning or, or whatever before a football match, and, you, and I've seen you pile into a full steak tartare with a raw egg before football, for yeah. example. Which, which to most people listening to this, if not all, will, will think that is ridiculous. I'll level with you. It's, it's, it's not the ideal. No, it's not isotonic. I was having a Lucas I sport and a banana, I think. <laughs> <laughs> I it to a full joint of raw meat. Just very heavy. It was yeah. a big portion. It was too heavy. Uh, I remember the last time I played football, the second last time I played football, I ate a full creme brulee just before I started. See I what thought, I mean? I thought, I'll give myself an hour. Is this Turns a out you channel? need longer. <laughs> <laughs> well, just pe- me playing football, <laughs> vomiting off some mystery oh, food. Oh, you can't book me for that, Ref. I've just had a creme brulee. <laughs> uh, speaking of fruit, by the way... I just made this red card and a yellow one. Uh, <laughs> 
<laughs> I was reading a, uh, I'm reading um, or, or I just finished reading David Niven's uh, memoir. Yes, the Moons of Bloons. It's a great. It's a, I mean, it's, it, I mean it's, this is not new news. I mean, it's, a, it's a classic Hollywood memoir from the golden age of Hollywood, and uh, he tells a funny story in that about fruit, where he says that he was, it's either him or his friend was, were invited. This is way back in like the 30s. Him, yeah. him or his friend were invited to play um, cricket at a, local, a, a, a Duke's uh, country estate. Because I knew he played a bit of cricket, right? Mm. And it was, and it was like the, I don't know, the Duke of Gloucester or whatever, massive country retreat. So there's a bit of an event happening, a bit of a day thing, and we want you to play cricket. We heard you're good at, good at cricket. Mm. And we'd love to have you part of the team. And he was like, oh, yeah, all right, fine. I don't think he really wanted to do it because um, he didn't really like the high society side of yeah. it. So he got there the night before and got put up in this, this amazing room. And um, in the morning, he was quite nervous and he looked out the window and there's a massive throng of people on the grounds and stuff. Um, and uh, he's like, oh, God. So he, he walked downstairs and just had treated himself to a little walk around the grounds mm. just to delay the inevitable, basically. And as he was walking through the little orchard, he came into a little greenhouse, walked through and saw these different fruit trees and everything, and he saw a, um, a, a single peach hanging on a tree. He thought, oh, do you know what? I'll have that. I ain't going to miss that. No, this is biblical. Grabbed, grabbed, grabbed <laughs> the... Forbidden no, no, fruit. Wait, wait. Grabbed the peach, starts eating it, right? Turns, uh, so finishes the peach, walks around to the edge of the group, and, and he says, right, okay, everyone, how are you doing? This is so-and-so. He's like, yeah, right, nice to meet you. When are we starting the cricket? And he said, well, we'll start in a minute, but the press are just on their way over there. The press pack going to be here soon, and we'll do all the photos and everything, and then we'll go. And he was like, what do you mean, the press pack? I thought it was just a cricket game. He said, yeah, it is a cricket game, but it's also just to commemorate um, the Duke's achievements. And, and he was like, oh, what do you mean? He said, well, the biggest achievement he's just had recently, he's just become uh, the first human in history to grow a full-size peach on a miniature peach tree. <laughs> <laughs> That's <laughs> he said, wonderful. He, said, he just turned on his heels, went to the room, grabbed his stuff, just, <laughs> and just left. <laughs> <laughs> just picked up a cricket bat and just smashed yeah, himself yeah. in the face. So well, I don't know what happened, I'm sorry. <laughs> that was me, I would have definitely eaten it as well. I so. would have gone looking for laburnum, I think. <laughs> yeah. Just munching down those seeds, <laughs> yum, yum, yum. The good thing is you could probably get lost in a place that big, so you just leg it as quick as you can. <laughs> I do wonder know like whether it was i guess back in the day you wouldn't have security cameras you could have mm. get you could get away with a lot more stuff oh yeah big time like yeah, any well. crime look around to see if anyone is around we can nowadays you got to look for like cameras and stuff we cannot use this vehicle to advocate crime i'm not advocating it i'm just helping people plan crimes roll, roll back the nanny state and then commit crime yeah plan better crimes guys <laughs> watch out for cameras uh so this guy, has got a quite a relaxing voice. The, the sounds of the packets getting opened. It's quite similar to those ASMR videos. Yeah, are you familiar with those? Yeah, Where it's just yeah, like yeah, whispering yeah. women and, and, and men kind of like, like rustling papers and what, stuff like that. What's the point of that? Oh, it's kind of relaxing. Well, there's some people some particularly said, susceptible to it. Yeah, okay, some people right. are particularly susceptible. It's a little bit sexually uh, exciting for people because it's like, you know, in your ear kind of thing. But... Right. Uh, yeah, it's it's a little bit like that. It's quite relaxing to watch, and you sort of doors off watching him eat some pretty you, difficult um, stuff. Could you sub, sub, sort of um, submit your own um, your own sort of ration packs for him to try? Yeah, stuff? I mean, people send him stuff all the time, so and he just puts it in his mouth, which is right. We should start doing that on this show, I think. <laughs> in many ways, uh, he, he basically knows the food is okay to eat because the pack, if uh, oxygen's got to it. Uh, the packs will just swell up to like twice their size. Makes so, okay. so the amount of times he's like opened a tin and there's just been like uh, it's been strawberry, you know, tin strawberries or whatever. It's just been black. How did you find about out about this guy in the first place? I don't know. I just don't, on my travels, but he's he's quite popular. He's got he's got a hell of a following. But uh, how many subscribers are we talking? Oh, he's got loads, like absolutely complete millions. Like oh, some people from the forces, goodness. some people from the forces, like emailing going, "Why are you doing this? I never wanted to see another one of these right, as okay. long as I live because obviously they had to live off them for such a long time." But like people who. Uh, like in some of the packs, is things like uh, powdered uh, lemon, so that people don't have uh, scurvy and stuff like that, because it's the only way to get vitamin C into their diet. It's that must be old-fashioned. Surely these days you get like tablets and pills. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Obviously, yeah. but it seems to be uh, uh, one of his uh, best episodes was him eating a hard tack, which is like uh, it's like a biscuit, saltine sort of biscuit, but very dry, very nutritious. But they can be stored for ages. He ate one from the U.S. Civil War, eighteen sixty-three. I was about to. That's so funny. That's like, that is fascinating to start with but i was about to ask my next question would be how far back would he go because um i don't know if you're familiar but down on the south coast the mary rose museum right they they the mary rose obviously henry the eighth flagship uh, sunk in the solon in in the 16th century 
uh, and um, it was perfect, almost per one half of it was perfect, perfectly preserved because it sunk in- instantly into the silt. Right. Okay. And they obviously, I, mean, I think, mm. in the nineteen eighties, they raised it and they've treated it, and it's now a pretty good. Uh, well, it's actually, actually a brilliant museum, um, and they've got all that stuff in there, and they've got stuff. I don't. Obviously, I, I think they'll they'll be either um, fossils of it or they'll be um, some sort of um, variation on what it should be. But they've yeah. got like ships, biscuits, and stuff like that. You know, well, famous- after a while, things like that soak up uh, rock and carbon, so they just become carbonated. That's carbonated what it is, or then, just, yeah. just carbon based. This is a famous tree in the uh, Natural History Museum that I love, and I'm, I think I'm the only person who actually come goes in and just looks at that tree because everyone just walks past it. But it's a tree trunk that uh, back in the day, obviously you got the sequoia at the top of the uh, top of the stairs, the yeah. big massive one that's yeah. like a thousand years old. But uh, there's a tree stump that. Uh, got basically just filled with carbon it soaked up so many minerals that it's just this kind of like stone tree but it looks like a tree but every atom of it is now being replaced by a, a different huh. kind of carbon like a hardened I've not seen that. diamond hard carbon the old, fantastic the oldest tree ever to be discovered um, I think I'm right in saying was cut down by um, some students or some scientists accidentally right. and they only realised it was the oldest tree in existence after they cut when it down David again. Niven turned up and went, <laughs> yeah. Where? Where's my I'm pitch? here for the big tree fest. <laughs> yeah. No, when um, when when they counted the rings or whatever they would do for a tree of that age, and, realized, <laughs> and they were like, uh. Oh yeah, super glow. So I've got any no more nails. <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> yeah, so uh, so yeah. Once you've chopped a tree down, there must be a way of kind of surgically sticking it together because that's how you kind of do bonsai trees isn't it you kind of is that why you were kicked out of uh, <laughs> kicked out of university <laughs> I was kicked out of go here sorry if I'm knocking that down kicked out of Richmond Park <laughs> <laughs> all I'm saying is there must be a way we can fix this <laughs> <laughs> that's why that uh, bird uh, turned up yeah. in your house because I cut down his tree are you the owner of Fenton the dog <laughs> <laughs> hey it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The championship season is over, and what a season it was. But the best is yet to come. It's the playoffs. Who will make it to the Premier League? And who will be left heartbroken at Wembley? Stay across it all with the second tier. We're bringing you episodes after every leg. And in between, we're revisiting the greatest moments in playoff history. It's real conversation with two real championship obsessives. So you can be in the know about everything happening in the playoffs. And share all your new knowledge in the pub with your mates. So come join us. We're your one-stop shop for the playoffs. Search second tier in your podcast app and hit subscribe. So shall we watch a bit of this guy? Yeah, okay, great. This is a near-complete piece of hard tech packed by G.H. Benton Company, Milton, Massachusetts, in the summer of 1863. So explain what we're uh, watching here, Luke. So the, the American chap is uh, taking a... a use his name, Steve. Steve. <laughs> Steve. Steve, uh, Steve 1989 MRE Info. <laughs> he's using... That's cool. He's taking a 160 or 155 year or whatever it is cracker out of a plastic sheath. Mm. And, um... <laughs> I mean, it's absolutely remarkable, really. Hard tack, it's called. Very faint. Um, it looks oh, like a piece of clay from a quarry. Yeah. So it's like it's just mm. been quarried. It kind of tastes like... tastes exactly the way it smells. It tastes like mothballs and um, old library books. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it... I'm not surprised. <laughs> Why is he surprised? Anyway, it's a thick cracker made of flour, water, and occasionally some salt. 
you know, and when properly stored, it'll last for years. Yeah. Well, obviously, it's hundreds. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it looks it looks like uh, the skin of an old man who's not very well. Yeah. But rigid as heck. It looks yeah. like, uh, you, you know, you're eating a bit of stone. An incredible man doing some incredible things, really. Well, I, I, I mean, I don't know if I agree with that. <laughs> Put it's, it in your mouth. It's a man eating an old cracker. <laughs> so now, I mean, 1943 World War Two British RAF emergency flying ration. Yeah. On the top it says, read instructions carefully. Yeah. <laughs> Which I quite like. <laughs> <laughs> this is a World War Two. British Royal Air Force emergency flying ration mark We just said that, Steve. Steve Honestly. Yeah. You've eaten a bad cracker, mate. Steve, just eat it. <laughs> Put it in your mouth, Steve. Let us do the presenting. <laughs> very uncommon. I have only found one other one in all the time searching for the, this specific ration. Can I just say, if it's uncommon, you shouldn't be eating it. It's either an antique or it isn't. Yeah. Do you know what I found the other day? What? Ah, oh, 1944 ration. There's only one left in the world. Oh, can I see it? No, I ate it. I ate it. Oh, you know what I've d- dug up? I've dug up uh, the missing link between chimps and humans. <laughs> what have we done with it? Can, Fucked it in it. Can I see it? Yeah, if you want. This is the bathroom. Yeah, it's in the can. <laughs> Two years old and going on 73. So, without further ado, let's check this out. So he's opening the, what looks like a cigarette case uh, filled with very tidily <laughs> arranged old <laughs> nosh. Can I just say, you know, when you go into a restaurant and you look at the menu and you really can't decide what you want to eat? Yeah. I mean... I mean, it's got everything on it. What I like, one of the bits of advice in the lid of the can says, never drink seawater. You shouldn't be in the REF. <laughs> <laughs> you don't yeah. know that. You shouldn't be in the services, all right? I reckon Steve pirate, would fucking do it. Pirates have known that for hundreds of years. Yeah, Steve would drink it. The energy tablet should be taken only on instructions from the officer in command. Instructions to this officer are printed on the carton and repeated on the leaflet inside. Oh, the energy tablets. Little yeah. bit of Lucas Ed. Do you reckon when he goes out for dinner with his family, they're like, uh, what do you want? Can I, what can I get you? I'll have the steak, please. Um, how do you want it cooked? Um, I'll have it like medium. Okay. How old is the steak? <laughs> <laughs> have you got any 70 year aged steak? Oh, the, the best videos are when he unpacks like corned beef that's been around for 50 years. Oh, God. Foul. So I'll draw the line there. I think. Um, that being said, you see there's only one pack of energy tablets. This one has two. And the barley sugar and gum are missing. All that's in this... Someone's been at my ration, says Steve. All I can say is, um, I do think Steve's actually a bit more of a better bloke than I thought he'd be. He's quite softly spoken, isn't he? Yeah, he's actually quite nice to listen to, isn't he? Quite engaging, Unlike us. How often you find one. This man promised us the fact that he was going to eat loads of food. Right. But he's, he's stopped at the energy tablets. Let's get let's watch him get these down his Gregory Peck <laughs> and then let's watch him eat some really old meat. Benzedrine sulfate. He's backing out here. You can see, he's you stressing can... out that there's actual drugs in this blooming packet. I think yeah. if you got to the stage in your life where you're eating 70-year-old amphetamines, <laughs> <laughs> you probably want to just have a little bit of a re... Yeah, sort of... A, a recalibration yeah. of your priorities. Uh, you know, and they said that the 90s was good for ecstasy. <laughs> <laughs> How good is the 40s barbs? Placed <laughs> by dexedrine, dextroamphetamine sulfate. Well, and he's got his tweezers in there. It is Adderall, but this is the original Adderall. The original crank. Let's try out this candy. Hmm, smells like a nice malted milk tablet with a little bit of motor oil. That never killed anybody. Uh, um... Oh, yeah. Well, it's just like a oh, <laughs> a really weird waxy tootsie roll. No, uh, <laughs> no. Yeah. Well, yeah. That's just super bitter. You are, man. It, it, it even has that. <laughs> may, I, may I remind here. you that this man has no health insurance? <laughs> so I'm gonna, I'm gonna, Pete. I'm gonna click onto the one about. Um, it looks like a massive chunk of meat from the Vietnam War. Right. Okay. So I mean, that's, I mean, that's this well, is, the actual sort of. The picture at the start of it—it looks like a horrible. It looks like a—it looks like bully beef, doesn't it? Like a big roll of beef that you get back in the day. But this uh, is—it's quite old. How old is this one? That's from the Vietnam War, so early seventies. But it looks to me like you know when you get a massive thing of salami in the deli counter at a supermarket. (laughs) So it looks—it looks like that. Probably about the same age, to be honest. Yeah, (laughs) said the same thing. But hang on, has he bought that from us, dog? Put it in an old box. It's got a yellow sticker on it. But. This thing, you know, I'm pretty sure the main course is cooked. It's it's rattling. It's dropping, like, bits of rust everywhere. All right, so let's check this out. 
first starting off with a accessory packet. Ooh, you got your cigarettes, matches, chewing gum, toilet paper, coffee, creamer, sugar, salt, and an interdental stimulator. Huh. Is that one of those sticks that you poke into your uh, gums yeah. to oh, make yeah. them do stuff? Imagine White you know your way around an interdental stimulator. I don't even floss, mate. I'm fast forwarding to him eating the beef. Eat the beef! I don't think this thing's leaked. It does have bug carcasses on the side that. Whoa, look at that. It does oh, have metal and it does have bug, oh it does God. have bug carcasses on the side. Look at this. To this um So what he's done is he's put oh, It's got mould all over yeah, it. Yeah, don't eat that, mate. Why I put myself through it. Well it really has a salami or it's bologna. Looks like a tall it's like a small can of uh, cat food. Yeah. Or like a roll of like you know those kind of like uh, goat's cheeses you get. But like one that's been sat in the sun for about thirty years. Sure and that's how it always was. I think my life was what? better. Before I knew about this guy, <laughs> and this is what you can st- you constantly do this to me. <laughs> He's moving yeah. the chunk of meat on an old spoon from the it. Vietnam War and close up the camera. Again, if if you ate that, I don't know what it would do necessarily. I mean, I've never eaten moldy canned meat, nor am I ever planning to. What? Sometime- then you shouldn't have to channel, mate, because because that's exactly what funny. I'm tuning in for. Right, so what's he done exactly? He's Nothing. had a bit of sugar, a bit of salt. He's just opened it all. It's poor. It's a poor uh, payoff. Poor, poor show. <laughs> anyway. Poor show from Steve. Uh, Steve. So if you do want to check out Steve, he's uh, Steve1989MR8Info, and he's quite well known. I mean, the thing is, how does he get such a big following with that, that username? <laughs> I think he just start with something. You don't really want to change it. I think I think he um, he should really be following through when he opens to eat. To eat He'll be following through later, mate. <laughs> <laughs> After all that rotten meat. Okay, Luke, don't gunge me, mate. Pipe down, Pete. I told you never to argue with the customers. Right, so uh, we've had birds, we've had rotten meat from the <laughs> 70s uh, and further. Um, my name's Pete Donaldson, just resetting, Luke. Yeah. Well, I've let you know now. I'm Pete, you're Luke. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, you need to tell the listeners that, not me. I know who I am. <laughs> I don't know who I am. <laughs> uh, we're men who are in our 30s, flirty 30s, and uh, something we're only too eager to impart is the fact that we've, we've lived a little, Luke, haven't we? Well, I just think, I mean, as I mentioned it earlier, I mean, last 10 or 15 years of me knowing you, is. I mean, and, and this show has brought it in, in sort of microcosm. Yeah. You, you keep making my life worse. Yes. Why not make some listeners' lives worse exactly. as well? Give, give people a little bit of perspective, but yeah. the difference between them and you, yeah. you can't turn me off. No, I can't. So, uh, we, we, we've waltzed the waltz we call life. We've listened to the Elliot Smith song Waltz. Yeah. I once interviewed Christoph Waltz. Did you? He was a nice bloke. Okay. So we know a, t- a thing or two about life and waltzes. Uh, so we want basically your problems. If you've got a problem and no one can help you, we want to solve these problems for you. If you've got a problem and you think no one can help, uh, the email address is hello at lukeandpeatshaw.com. I mean, if you want any more sort of information and sort of context about how qualified we are to do this section, yeah. I mean, I used to go right for Graham Lasso. <laughs> wow, so, goodness. You know, you've interviewed Christoph Waltz. Yeah. You've also interviewed um, the Red Hot Chili Peppers. I have, yeah. I am sort of friends with Clint Hill, the football player. <laughs> Clint Hill takes pills. <laughs> there you go, there's lots of stuff going on. Yeah. So if anyone's qualified, it's probably us. Yeah, Clint Hill doesn't take pills. It was just an idea for a TV show I thought he'd be on board with. He wasn't. Uh, yeah, hello at LukeandPeteShow.com. If you've got a problem, we could be helping you. And I must make sure, make sure that you guys know that the and is an actual and and not an ampersand. Yeah, hello at Luke and com um, and get in touch with anything you don't it doesn't just have to be your problems we'd like yeah. to hear your problems so we can talk about them tell there's us about pro- your week a problem shit there's a problem half yeah. but yeah you can get in touch with anything if you want we, we, I mean we always like to read and hear from you so last week we launched this particular section um, it was traumatic it was, <laughs> it was traumatic <laughs> I got some weird ones off the internet but uh, this week we've actually had some entries Yes, well, I'm not surprised, Pete, after that showing last week. It was a humdinger, mate. Yeah, it was, it was, it was, it was fantastic. Um, and I, I, every time I leave you in charge of things, I think, why am I doing that? Yeah. But ultimately, it comes down to one thing, and that's laziness on my part. So. Exactly, yeah. Um, so I've got one here from Michael in Colchester. Right, okay. He doesn't give his surname, and you'll, you'll hear why in a minute. Uh, and he says, Dear Luke and Pete, the incident, as I call it, happened a long time ago, but it's been eating away at me ever since. My stepdad is a bit of an oddball. He's very introverted and is really into Warhammer and battle reenactments and spends a lot of time online. Uh, When we first got the internet, the computer was, of course, in his study, and so I had to go in there if I wanted to use it. Right. Uh, red flags. Yeah, I, I, yeah probably, you, what you look, a study-based computer. You look a bit worried, Pete. <laughs> uh, one day I found a folder on his desktop named Sexies. 
Right, okay. So that's going to have, like, pornography in it. This made, well, this made Michael think two things. A, if you're going to have a secret folder full of sexy stuff, don't label it sexy. <laughs> <laughs> my, B, my dad uh, has got one on his uh, desktop, and it just says girls. You've been serious? Yeah, and it's just, like, really glossy 1990s glamour models. That's quite sweet, in a way. Girls. There's nothing wrong with any of it. People do what they want to do. I'll, I'll occasionally catch my dad on his iPad googling the girls out of the Robert Palmer Addicted Love video. Stop this now. Constantly. Just Stop constantly. This. That's it's endless. That cannot be true. It's true, yeah. Even in, like every year, he'll be looking at what they're up to. I really? don't know, because it wasn't really an affecting video for us when we were kids, were we? You know, I was more of a Michelle Gale on top of the pops kind of guy. But yeah, I can I can dig that. Um, I don't want to hear any more about your dad because I've got <laughs> I've got a very um, sort of clear picture in my own mind about your dad's life, and I don't want that changed. Right. Anyway, so Michael <laughs> says this made me think two things: a, if you're going to have a secret folder full of sexy stuff, don't label it sexy. B, <laughs> I really shouldn't look at any of these, but I feel like I have to. So I clicked on the folder to find out, other than my mum, what sort of girls my stepdad was into. Okay? Right. You on board so far? I'm on board so far, yeah. The first video... It isn't going to go really dark, is it? The first... Well, listen, you, you asked for this. I mean, like, criminal daft. Do, do no, we have no, to report no, no, anyone no, no, at the end no, of this? I, right, I, okay, I, well, okay. I, don't, I don't know. I don't think so. <laughs> I, I mean, you'll see why in a minute. Okay. The first video was of him licking a fake knife. <laughs> Oh, got anything about your dad to add to that? <laughs> no, my dad has never licked a fake. How did you know it was fake, though? Well, I don't know. Yeah. The second video, and you need to strap yourself in here. <laughs> if you listen to this, oh, at whoa, home, whoa! I do, would like a bit more information about the licking. Was it like a long, cautious lick, or just a? Uh... Oh, at this point, if you're listening to this show <laughs> on anything other than headphones. <laughs> Please put some headphones in. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> on the bus. On the back of the bus. Please make sure you're somewhere safe and warm. <laughs> the second video was a beautifully rendered 3D animation <laughs> of a dragon having sex with a horse. Uh, I don't even know how... Because uh, horses are so differently sized. <laughs> I turned off the computer, but every family get together when he's talking to me. I'm never really listening because all I can think of is mythical fantasy bumming. Please help. What do I do? I'll be more You open this Pandora's box, Johnson. Can you imagine? Can you just imagine? I, a, I don't know where a dragon's vagina is. B, I, I think, I think, it, I was, I think it's Ainlin's course, mate. It's a, it's okay, a, sorry, it's, right. It says mythical fantasy bombing. I think it's... A, I, I, to make this absolutely clear, right. in the interest of clarity, I want to make sure we get it right in case full fact are on our case. <laughs> I think it was uh, Ainlin's course. Do lizards have vaginas? I would imagine they do, yeah. Because they're legs, don't they? But so a, a dragon is a fictional being. Yeah, but it's based on a lizard, don't it? Yeah, okay. In many ways. But, but we should rename this this. A section. Komodo dragon, if anything. Email us your problems and we'll laugh at you. <laughs> <laughs> I have no advice for this person. I mean, what I would say is if you're at a family get-together, like a barbecue or something, I would double wash those oh, forks and knives. Right, oh, where's, where's the dragon stuff? I mean, the beef steak. <laughs> um, no, I mean, the semi-serious advice I could offer is, I mean... It's not always the best... I mean, as you found out to your chagrin there, yeah. it's not always necessary for you to know everything about everyone else. That's the thing, you see. These days, everyone wants to know everything about everyone, <laughs> right? They do. I mean, you look at look at celebrity newspapers, that sort of, celebrity magazines, all that stuff. Yeah. Sometimes, you don't need to know. Even if it's a member of your close family, don't pull the thread all the time. Uh, I mean, this it's, is a, this it's is, fun, though, isn't it? This is a show about us pulling the thread of life, I suppose, and all the different stuff that's going on, and, and that's part of what we do. But I don't think you necessarily have to pull the thread of all, of all your nearest and dearest, um, because this sort of stuff can happen. Imagine your stepdad licking knives. That's not the worst part of it, though, is it? No. Well, you could be sent something like that as a joke. So, oh, look at this. Look what I found on the internet. The internet's weird, isn't it? But the knife thing, he's had to have done that himself. But I think if I saw the, the, the 3D animation of the dragon and the horse thing, I think I would probably automatically assume that was some sort of, like, malware or something like that. <laughs> malware? Do, you know, do I mean malware? I, I, like a virus. Like yeah, a like virus. a virus. What? You open up and it's like, clearly a virus did this. That's what I would say. Your wife is very trusting. <laughs> That's what I would say. <laughs> well, uh, Pete, you're going to have to give him some advice. I, uh, well, I, uh, I once went onto my friend's computer when we were about 18, 19, he was at university, uh, 
I'll try to say this without identifying who he is. Uh, but he was, uh, he's a rather chubby guy, and hilariously, he really likes food. Uh, and all of his pornographic choices on his uh, desktop were, like, women, like, getting messy with food. Really? Okay. Fantastic. Yeah, well, I mean, that's something you'd expect, though, right? I know, but, like, it's, what I like about that is he's, it's so on brand. How did you find out? What do you mean? How did you find out about it? Snaked on his computer. Don't go through like... people's stuff, is what I'm saying. <laughs> Don't go through people's stuff. I, I think... Uh, I once went under my mum and dad's bed. Come on. What? This is ridiculous now. I picked up a, a dragon. Bl- a balloon. <laughs> yeah. I think I might have said this on another podcast we were in, but I picked up a balloon and put it to my lips and blew it up. And my mum slapped it out my mouth and hand. Was it a condom? It was my dad's condom. Yeah. I literally had my dad's <laughs> semen on my lips. And if that isn't some kind of abuse, I don't know what is. That's dark, isn't it? That's horrible. It, it, anyway, it's one of these features where you you look you look out for other people's problems, yeah. and you somehow learn more about yourself. <laughs> Luke, yes. I've got an email. Go on for you, sunshine. I'm not sure where we're going to recover after that. <laughs> I mean, what I would say for a new show that we've launched this is episode two, we launched a new show, and we've gone quite big here. Haven't we? <laughs> <laughs> we, we, if we were a lot of people to spread the word about this show. Yeah, the, the standout thing is going to be that, and they're going to say. People are going to say, oh, what's it about? Uh, one of them talks about blowing up his dad's condom. <laughs> uh, one, there's an email about a dragon fucking a horse. I mean, wh- what are we doing? I mean, what I would say is that everyone's listening to my voice now coming from the lips betwixt my... Stop mentioning what? it. Dear Pete and Luke. Thank you. Hello. I work in a small office. This is uh, from Laura in Birmingham. I work in a small office with a single toilet used by both guys and girls. About a year ago, someone, presumably a guy, started leaving quite simply enormous poos in there and not flushing. Mm, I mean, this problem has happened in every office I've worked in, and I think it might be me. (laughs) (laughs) No, it does. Once I've done it, I'm out of there. It happens in every office, it does. Well, apparently, uh, every office over, I think, 50 or 60 people, at some point in the lifetime of a company, someone will smear shit on the walls. And that's like a kind of psychological thing. Like a, yeah. a study that uh, once your company gets over a certain size, at some point someone will do a dirty protest in the toilet. Okay, well, listen, that doesn't surprise me. I'll tell you why. Because um, I, I am yeah, the demon smearer. You're in a room with one now. No, <laughs> because um, when I, I worked at a company a while back and there was a Christmas party at a venue not far from the office itself. Right. And um, a guy, I, I mean, presume it was a guy, I don't think it was ever found out who it was. Um, staggered back and, and I was obviously hugely drunk and didn't think they could get home and I think they thought well my parcel's still work in the office and yeah. I'm just go sleep on one of the sofas and, 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 and to be fair in the past I've been there when the grads the young kids on the grad programme I've come in the office in the morning and one of them's been asleep on the on yeah. the sofa with the sc- a scarf around his eyes nice. because, of, because of the motion sensing lights okay. so every time he moved the light would come on <laughs> so he had a scarf around his eyes it looked like he'd been tortured all night or something <laughs> anyway but so this guy clear, or I presume it was a guy clearly thought oh I can't make it home I'm just going to sleep in the, in, in, in the office yeah and um, apparently he was found in the stairwell, trousers down his ankles with, you know... Everywhere. Everywhere, yeah. So, I mean, it does go on. I don't worry for people who can't keep their ablutions yeah. themselves when they're drunk. I've yeah. never been... I've been always been I mean, quite I, good at that. That's a bit rich. <laughs> <laughs> carry on, carry Depends on. Depends what I've been eating, mate. <laughs> uh, so... Uh, this person's been uh, living in almost poos and not flushing. It's almost as if he was proud of them. Eventually, I plucked up the courage to send an email around the office asking whoever it was to please stop as it was disgusting and unnecessary. Someone replied, implying that this was just a cover-up and it was, in fact, me doing the poos. Oh, yeah, always a, b- a problem it could backfire. Since then, my nickname at work has been The Logger. Yeah, that's not great. nice. Uh, at an office party event the other day, someone even called it in front uh, called it me in front of my boyfriend. When we got home, and he asked me what it meant. <laughs> I had to tell him I once wore a lumberjack style shirt on the weird <laughs> day. Shut up, man! That's amazing. How can I put a stop to people think I do the poos? They genuinely do think this. You're gonna have to get a new job. It's simple <laughs> Just as that. Leave. <laughs> leave the company. She doesn't mention what job she's got. No. Yeah. Uh, no. She needs to get no. a new job. There's not even any clues to be honest. Once it's gone, once you once that's gone, it's gone. <laughs> Nothing you do about it. <laughs> Can't get out of there. Absolutely nothing to do about it. And I promise you this is true as well. I worked at a company um, where there were so many men working there that um, the the toilet situation was just ridiculous. You could never get into the toilet. It was just too busy. Uh, And so what they did is they... And there there were so few women working there, the women's thoughts were never used. So they converted the men's toilet, the women's toilet on one of the floors to a men's toilet. And literally yeah. all they did is they just took the female son off the door and put a male son on there. Yeah. Um, and obvi- clearly, you know, in, in theory, that's fine. But what then happened was, because it was an international company, 
when there was offices all over the world, when people would come for meetings, if they for for a period of time, if, if women had come for meetings um, regularly, they would automatically think, "Oh, that's the toilet." Yeah, and they kept going in there. Right. Okay. So the amount of, obviously there was only cubicles because it was a female toilet. If there's a tampon, Ben, I'm going in yeah, there. Yeah, quite. And, and so every time you sometimes it went for a phase of a couple of months. Every time you came out of the toilet, there'd be like a woman in there washing her hands. And you'd be like, okay, right, was well, it unisex toilet now? And, and obviously, <laughs> for me, it's fine, but they're looking at another man and they're going, what are you doing in here? This isn't Ali McBeal. Yeah, what's ha- exactly, what's happening here? <laughs> so listen, to- I think, actually, I'd like to hear more from people about toilet-based issues in offices. Really? Have we not had enough? I, 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 my, my interest has been piqued. <laughs> my appetite has been whetted, but I won't, right. what I'll say to Laura is, you're going to have to get a new job. There's nothing else you can do. I was uh, accused, I wasn't really accused, or but somebody- find the culprit. There you go. What? Install cameras? Do That's ch- illegal. Do a, ch- do a Chuck Berry. Do a Chuck Berry. cameras in there. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody talk- talked about that when he filmed uh, women in his restaurants. Yeah, but you can't say that when he's died. Can you? I mean, you're doing a, do an obituary or don't, do you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> well, you can say, you, you can put that in the obituary. Yeah. P.S. He was he was the inventor of rock and roll. P.S. He did film women's vaginas without the masking. Yeah. Without asking them. Yeah. yeah. Without them asking. Yeah. Without them asking. <laughs> Chuck Berry, will you film my vagina? <laughs> no one's going to say that. <laughs> what were you going to say? <laughs> what was going to say? Uh, I was at work once and somebody had left uh, toenails in the radio huh. studio that I worked in and uh, they sent a big email around going stop clipping your toenails and everyone thought it was me or at least two people did I can see why because you are quite eccentric that's not eccentric that's disgusting but it's the sort of thing an eccentric would do <laughs> isn't it do you collect yours after you clip them say again do I what do you collect them after you clip them I'm usually outside mate oh come on <laughs> stick my feet you're out the window homeless clip away <laughs> 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 the bush shall let knows no crabs and tells no tales. Oh, yeah, if you want to get in touch with some more of that sort of stuff, yeah. hopefully keep it a little bit more tasteful than that. Yeah. We should have known. Hello <laughs> at lukeandpeteshow.com for all your correspondence. We brought it upon ourselves. We did. Let there be justice for all. Let there be peace for all. It's one small step for man. You don't understand. Willie was a salesman. Say simply... Very simply, with hope. Good morning. Right, Luke, so it's time to induct more nonsense into the fictional 90 CD ROM we are calling Mencarta. It's not nonsense, it's the best stuff. <laughs> it's the best stuff, it's the cream of the crop. The idea of this, if you missed the first episode, is that there's too much rubbish on yeah. the internet now. To, and, and, you know, Wikipedia's got absolutely no quality control. No. So we're only in. I'm in there. It, well, quite. Uh, my, my name forwards on to something else annoyingly enough. <laughs> Fair enough. It's the best I'm ever going to get. But um, <laughs> So we're, we're going to have a little bit more quality control on our stuff. And in our, in our encyclopedia, Men Carter, we're only uh, inducting things in that we think truly deserve it. Is that fair? Yeah. yeah. Stuff that's sexier than the Thai king in a sports bra. You like him, don't you? He's always knocking about. I'm you? obsessed with that man. He's a very modern royal, isn't he? In that he's got loads of fake tattoos and he wears a sports bra yes. around Germany. Yes, Not only that, people go, oh, this is a bit of an anomaly, and Facebook had to remove all the references to his royal highness in his royal sports bra uh, with with his missus. Uh, not only that, there's other pictures of him in a different sports bra. So it wasn't like when they saw Tom Huddleston in an I Love uh, Oh, um, singer. Tony Swift. Yeah. I was thinking of the, field, the midfield player, sorry. It's Tom, <laughs> sorry. It's Tom Hiddleston. It's Tom Hiddleston, sorry. Yeah. Tom Hiddleston. Uh, Tom Hiddleston, when he was spotted on holiday with Taylor Swift, with an I Love Taylor Swift t-shirt. Yeah. Like, that happened once. It was like a frivolous, I think they found a t-shirt and they had a bit of a laugh about it. Yeah. Paparazzi's caught on and he just, and everyone was going, what the fuck is that yeah. about? Uh, but with the, the Thai King, he's been seen in more than one sports bra so he clearly loves it yeah I, th- I think um, he's in good nick I mean is this who you were inducting into the men's no no, no 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 because you, you did mention to me a, a couple of, you, you sent me a photo of him in a McDonald's or something yes yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I love imagine, him don't imagine a member of the royal family going to McDonald's do you no no not, you in, not in a bra so who have you got this time do you want to go first or do you want me to go first uh, you better go first okay alright so this is my nomination this week for men Carter mm. I bring to you sir <laughs> and all the listeners at home uh, Mike the Headless Chicken. You heard about this? Right, uh, no. Okay, right, so a bit, bit of a history... Well, we've had a bird theme, and we have a bit of a history theme. We've we? had a bird in your house. With the rations and stuff, so this is yeah. this is um, this is um a bit of both, mixed together. It's worked perfectly, you might say. It's almost like it was planned. <laughs> um, I want to take you back to April the 20th, 1945, the day Adolf Hitler ventured out of his bunker, on his birthday, no less, for the last time. Lots was going on, the death throes of World War II, of course, which would eventually end in Europe on May the 8th. Um, Enter Mike the Headless Chicken, 
who until this day was obviously not headless. He was very much headed. If you <laughs> like. just just make the chicken then. Yeah, this this happened. Yeah, might the chicken. Have you got a head? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Why are you asking that? What's going to happen? I'm, have you got no serious? What would you mean? <laughs> yeah. um, so this is a place called I think it's pronounced Frita in Colorado. Right. In 1945, um, Lloyd Olson was asked by his wife to go back out back and kill a chicken for dinner. Uh, I presume he had some know. farm in this area. They, they kept chicken. Right, okay, farm, yeah, yeah. that sort of stuff. Well, kill a chicken for the dinner. Um, so Mike grabbed... Uh, not Mike, sorry, no, Mike didn't do it. <laughs> that, that'd be mental. Mike L- grabbed Lloyd, himself. Lloyd grabbed Mike the chicken, swung his axe, uh, and, and chopped Mike's head off. Oh. Okay, now you heard the story about running around like a headless chicken. Yeah, yeah, I don't yeah. know if it comes from this. It might well do, I don't know. Well, they can but, last for quite a while, can't they? Well, if well, out. listen, you hit a nail on the headless chicken there, right. because... Mike the Headless Chicken did not die. He had his head chopped off, and he didn't die. Okay? So Mike thought, hang on a minute, he's not dead. Wait a bloody second. He thought, um, this, is, this is a sign, I'm going to keep I'm gonna keep him. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to look after him. You had one job. He's, he start, also, whatever your name is. He started feeding Mike a mixture of milk and water via one of those little eyedroppers. Okay, straight down the neck. That is the most disgusting... That's worse than me not. and my dad's... It's not. It's effluvia. not. It's not. It's, it's not. It's close. And I would thank you to stop bringing it up. Just a little eyedropper, just... Yeah, and he, and he would feed um, single grains of corn down his neck. Now, I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, this is, this is not true. This didn't happen. Well, it did bloody well happen. <laughs> he took Mike the Headless Chicken to the University of Utah and said, look at this. <laughs> Right, and the uh, the uh, the um, the good people there said, "Okay, let's have we're a look." We're trying to we're trying to eradicate consumption. No, what Can you just what, get out of my face but Pete, with, that, actually, with that fucking affront to God? They've got nothing else on. Yeah, <laughs> just sat around. <laughs> no, but what happened was um, they had a look at Mike, and it turned out um, that Mike had missed. Uh, sorry, Lloyd had missed the jugular vein. And a clot had pre- prevented Mike the chicken from bleeding to death. So, although most of the head was severed, most of the brainstem and one ear were left on the body. So, basic functions <laughs> in a chicken are controlled by the brainstem, like breathing, heat, uh, heart rate, and, and 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 stuff like that. So, so Mike could be was basically relatively healthy. Could do all the stuff that chickens <laughs> he just could do. Eat or talk. Um, he just had to be fed. Oh, love. So, to be fair to Lloyd Olson, the guy who did it, he then got Mike into the sideshow circuit. Right. Um, and um, why didn't he get rid of his remaining ear? That chicken I, doesn't need that. I think ears and chicken are very small. <laughs> I, I, I don't <laughs> think it was a con- of consequence. But he took um, Mike on these sideshow tours, and apparently, his height, the height of his fame in that area in the US, he it's in the forties. Yeah, not he, a lot going on. He was earning the equivalent of forty-eight thousand dollars a month. Bloody from hell! From the this chicken. Um, fast forward eighteen months, and um, you know, I imagine Mike was very much part of the family by that point. Um, sadly. Uh, a, a grain of corn got stuck in his throat. <laughs> Stop it, eating grains of corn, then! He, he died. She died, choked <sighs> to death. But his memory lives on. Um, the headless chicken is a very well known uh, uh, sort of phenomena. Phenomenon in, Col- in that part, particular part of Colorado, they have an annual Mike the Headless Chicken Day, and um, they have like different events and stuff like that. They do lots of different things, like an egg toss and pin the head on the chicken and all that sort of stuff. Try and um, remove the brainstem of a chicken. So, without- <laughs> so he might well be the godfather of running around like a headless chicken type. I know uh, that they do that anyway, but yeah. I think generally speaking, they do drop down dead fairly quick. It's only like last eighteen months. Yeah. So. I want to bring Mike the Headless Chicken into Mencarta because it's a truly magnificent story. It's horrific. Horrific. But it's a magnificent story. Had you heard of him at all before I said that? I I think I might have... I I get most of my information from the boingboing.net website. So I might have heard of that before, but I don't remember the sideshow circuit. I don't remember feeding bits of corn down its... You don't like that, do you? Godless neck. You don't like that? I don't like the idea of this flabby, sort of flappy neck. And the particular breed, if you look at the photos, the particular breed of chicken it was, it was quite a big flamboyant chicken. It was, it was, <laughs> oh, look at me! I yeah, got no head. But it had like, a, it's got like quite a big, impressive plumage and, and, a, and a wattle. You have All that sort of stuff. I suppose, I suppose wattles are on turkeys, but you know what I yeah. mean. So anyway, that's it. What the hell this chicken? Magic. A metaphor for this show, if everything was. <laughs> what have you got? I've got uh, something, Luke, uh, called uh, Railway Madness. Okay. Which was reported in Britain back in the day. Apparently during the 1850s and 60s, there were reports of train madness. Right. Basically, men, and mainly men, going insane when trains are in motion. 
What? Well, they're on the train. They're on the train. Uh, there were just a spate of random attacks on fellow passengers from guys who experienced like the jarring motion of, of the trains, coupled with insanely loud noises. Obviously, it was very loud back then. Yeah. There was no kind of insulation, uh, so it, it would trigger people that are ranting and raving and attacking people. So uh, basically, people would just go insane on the trains because they never experienced anything like that before. I so guess this is not like um, these mythical things like f- like fan death and all that sort no. of stuff. It did actually happen. Yeah, so one Scottish aristocrat was reported to have ditched his clothes <laughs> aboard a train before leaning out the window, ranting and raving. After he left the train, he suddenly recovered his composure. He's just excited. He's just excited to be on a train, isn't he? It's a new thing back then. <laughs> That's crazy, isn't it? I mean, it's, it's incredible, really. I mean, absolutely unspeakable. I mean, insert obvious joke about anyone who's taken the Southern Rail train yeah, exactly. in, in 2016. I, I'd be surprised if nobody uh, nobody got involved uh, recently. But uh, there were some wonderful sort of depictions. There used to be a, uh, a newspaper called the... Illustrated Police News, which would draw pictures of crimes that had taken place that month. There's some fantastic, it's worth a Google, uh, depictions of ruffianism, as they would call it. Yeah. Ruffianism in a railway carriage. Uh, just basically just blokes in big old stove pipe, perhaps chinning each other. So, uh, yeah, just just well-dressed guys are you, fighting. Are you, are you the sort of guy who gets excited by trains? I mean, I've been on trains with you a number of times. In my memory, you're asleep a lot of the time. <laughs> I do have... Uh, I'm quite good at sleeping uh, on, on trains and planes. I, mean, I think in my later years, I might get into planes a bit. We went on a train journey once. Yeah, not you. I've got a few friends who are into, tra- into yeah. planes. And do you know what? With that Flight Radar website now, it's a fascinating thing. Yeah. You can see them everywhere. I mean, did you see that uh, advert that was on Piccadilly Circus that had a little boy sitting down playing with his toys and then he suddenly stands up and walks across, pointing at the sky? Walks across the frame. Right. And he's pointing at the BA flight that's from Heathrow flying across so the sky. So it's all synced up. So it's all synced up to where that plane is in the sky and the kid's pointing at it. At it. That's it, it basically says underneath the kid, that's the BA to, I don't know, Honolulu or wherever the hell it's Literally gone. Literally advertising it to terrorists. <laughs> <laughs> Showing them Have exactly where to go. Yeah. <laughs> Have a shot. Yeah, that's unbelievable. But I, I was just going to say on the train thing, the most recent time I was, took a train with you, um, you got grumpy because we were being noisy. Not in a sort of, sort of bawdy way, but I guess you were just tired. And then, so you walk down a couple of carriages along and got your head down. Yeah. And then I and some, one other of us had to go on and physically grab you from the train. Otherwise, you would have missed a stop and you'd have gone all the way to blooming Glasgow or whatever it is. Yeah. Do you remember that? I do, kind of. So you're yeah. not a man to get excited by trains. No, I was. Sadly. I've got this wonderful. Uh, I use a suit roll quite a lot to transport my suits around and uh, my many suits. Uh, transport my suits. Around. My, my important suits. And uh, I'll, if I've got two seats. I could basically make myself an L-shaped sofa if I manipulate the suit roll in such a way that I use the suit roll as a, as a head uh, kind of cushion. I, that's the problem with me. I'm, I'm obviously 6'3 and yeah, quite large. Yeah, you can't get comfortable anyway. No, no, the amount of ridiculous advice I get from my 5'1 wife <laughs> when we go on plane, she's like, well, what I do is I just pull this up and I bring a blanket over me and it's like a little sit-up bed. It's like, yeah, you're 5'1, 100, you know, 100 pounds. Do you remember when we uh, went on the book tour for that book we put out about football and uh, the... Uh, company who we released it with they booked us a sleeper train Oh God! From Glasgow to it never stops hurting, Luke. No. Still annoyed about it. I'm annoyed from about Glasgow it. to London, and I basically said, "I'm going to get my head down. Can you get me the sleeper train back to London?" So we both got on the sleeper train. But you uh, didn't get on the well, sleeper train. Well, th- as in they booked us tickets to the sleeper train. Except they didn't book us on the sleeper with the beds. No, they booked us on a chair. In the sleeper trade to I, save money. Can I just say, I don't. I think it was. I might have been an honest mistake, but can I just say that um, obviously, fast forward to what actually happened. You didn't go on the train. You no. had, you had a massive uh, tantrum about a it. A flounce. I had a flounce. Yeah, yeah, and then you went on the mega bus. Or uh, but which, I, which is worse. <laughs> is it fair to say that I'm usually all right with travelling? I just. For like, was it ten hours? I'm not having that. Well, then what I would rubbish. Well, no, what I would say is fantastic because you didn't turn up, and obviously you would put the seat next to me, so I had two big seats to myself. Still yep. didn't get a wink of sleep. But I slept most of the way because I had a big double bed on the mega bus. Well, imagine if you were on the sleeper train carriage and the railway madness happened. <laughs> People ranting around you, trying to kill you. Luke, what I would say is that I had two muffins as well on that uh, megabus, so I recommend the megabus. They give you free ones, though. Free bottles of water and uh, muffins. Uh, According to the Scotsman at the time, people would carry weapons on the trains back in Mm. the day to prevent railway madness. And uh, the, the 1864 Railway Bylaws Act uh, stipulated that uh, so-called insane persons should be isolated in their own carriage. Yeah. Only fair. Only fair. That's the minimum I Just get- <laughs> In my mind, I'm thinking of David Niven again when he's in um, Around the World in 80 Days. Have you seen that? Play, <laughs> no. Playing cards on that train going across the US and they get jumped on by a bunch of... Um, Hoodlums. A um, bunch of American Indians. 
uh, Native Americans who are obviously played by actors who aren't Native Americans because it was like <laughs> the 40s. Yeah, uh, and not, not much excuse for the ladder from Short Circuit yeah. who's uh, actually not even Pakistani it, or wherever the hell he was it, from. Oh yeah, I remember that. They that browned was, him that up. Was, that was in the 80s Incredible. as Incredible. Well. But in that scene, in, uh, from, from memory, in that scene in, in Around the World in 80 Days, he has a bit of a set to with an American cowboy and they're about to have one of those when you go back to back and do two right. paces and shoot and as they're about to do it, um, the, Ameri- the Native Americans jump on the train and try and grab them, so... It reminds me of that. I mean, so back in those days, I mean, guns were all over the place. I know I was talking about a completely different continent. But, uh, yeah, fascinating Well, well, well apparently, uh, some companies installed, like, the windows and carriages, uh, right. and they were called... Guess what they were called, right? After... A man, Franz Muller, performed the first train-based murder. He just murdered someone in a... You know they had those little kind of uh, sort of portioned-off partitions? A portion yeah. partition, like yeah, a little yeah. kind of thing where yeah, you'd yeah. have, like, four seats. Uh, a man, Franz Muller, killed someone uh, on a train. Guess what the uh, little windows were called? Muller windows. Muller's lights. Oh, really? Muller's lights? That's, How that's good it. is that? That's great, really good. So that rice pudding yeah. uh, dish is, uh, well... Well, that's a Muller rice. I mean, you mean a yoghurt. All right, Muller light then, all right. <laughs> A light, a light milky yoghurt is yeah. named after a, uh, a murderer's on, window. On the, one thing I will say about the sleeper train from Glasgow to London is that um, in the particular cabin I was booked in, it's the only time I've been on a sleeper train, um, if you're booked into a cabin, yeah. you get the bar, you get like a nice bar and a little mini restaurant type thing and they serve you proper sit-down meals. It looks amazing. Yeah. But if you're in the little uh, seats bit, the coach bit, I guess they call that, I don't know what it's called, but it's like you can just get a seat, yeah. as we were just talking about. You get a tiny little bit of the bar, which doubles up on the other side of the door, on your side of the door. There's a little, almost like, um, you know, like when you go to a non-league football match and you get like a little canteen, like, Meals on Wheels type right, burger okay. van type thing. And they and you can have all the food they have in the nice bit. But it's just a, a, a F you in, to what you've... Yeah, but they, they, they give it to you in like polystyrene things <laughs> and they give you the wine in like little plastic things and you, got, and you, and you can see them through the glass <laughs> and you can see them just, you know, dabbing their mouths with their napkins as they go off to bed after their nightcap and you're just sat in this horrendous seat. Fantastic. It's the, it's the worst experience in British travel, I'm telling you. <laughs> Do you want me to give you another Mencata men- suggestion before right, we then. go? We've got time. All right. So, I mean, another Three in one week? What's this about? I know, but this is a fantastic one. Have you heard of a documentary movie called Kasparov and the Machine? No. I think it's called... Actually, I think in some places it might be called Game Over, Kasparov and the Machine. Game Over, Kasparov and the Machine? Yeah, it's a documentary. I presume this is... Let me guess. Gary Kasparov having a set to... In Florence and the Machine. Florence having a set to. No, basically, um, it's a documentary about Gary Kasparov, yeah, who was at the time the best chess player of all time. Although I believe he's since been usurped by Magnus Carlsen, the uh, Scandinavian kid who's like a phenomenon. Oh, he's like the guy who... who, uh, He's a model as well. Yeah, he models for like G-Star or G-Roll, whatever it's called. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but until that point, um, because it's like it's like an international rating system, right? Uh, Gary Kasparov was the uh, was the um, was the best player ever, and the documentary was about his much publicised battle against IBM's Deep Blue supercomputer. <laughs> I thought you could say IBS. No, <laughs> a weird documentary. <laughs> Sorry, I've got to hit that clock. I need a shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, someone get me a rubber gel. Yeah, and the don't end, put your rubber gels on the board, man. Yeah, it's not end, a pawn. And in the end, he just uh, takes a lot of bus capan <laughs> No, against the IBM's Deep Blue Supercomputer. And it's, it's, it's like, um, it's a fascinating documentary because it's a best of seven game. Right. And it's, it's, it's essentially built up as this uh, man versus machine type affair. Well, bearing in mind that chess is all about remembering moves. It's like remembering kind of manoeuvres and, and situations, right. isn't it? And obviously a computer, it's perfect for that kind of thing. Well, the, the, the point about this documentary though is that Gary Gasparov wins the first match quite easily. Right. And then they and the thing is, they go back. Um, all the guys are programming these computers, these nineties yeah. like um, computer. Think like Bill Gates, like yeah. five different Bill Gates, and then one chess player. And they go back. I and think. Re- I think. Is it Deep Blue? Do you say? Yeah. I think it's the one that's in like a circle. It's like a big server, but it's in a big circle. Yeah, you do get to see it at one yeah. point. Um, but anyway, so the the, the the great part of the, of the doc is that they go back. I won't. I won't spoil it if people don't want to watch it. But the game two. Um, Gary Kasparov goes crazy because the computer wins and he maintains the computer's playing moves that a computer would never play because the computer's completely logical. Right, So okay. what, he, what he was trying to do was tra- basically train himself to play against a completely logical opponent. Right, okay. But then the computer apparently makes a couple of moves that were completely illogical that it would never move and he starts saying, you've got like other chess players telling that computer what to do. Right. I want to see all the ro- I want to see all the logs, all the algorithm from the computer. The same well, way I think he can... I mean, well, presumably, no, but, how do you well, even decipher that? But what he's saying is... Is 
I if I play against another grandmaster, yeah. I can, I can, I've got a record of all their ex their old games. Yeah, but you won't let me see anything from this computer. But anyway, the whole point is, it is a completely he beats it to death with a bat. A, <laughs> yeah, yeah, just fucks it he, up. He just chucks out the window, <laughs> and knocks the king over. It says checkmate. Um, and uh, no, no, it's a really interesting battle. It's like man versus machine. It's a really prism of chess, if you right. like. And um, I won't give too much away. But that, that is a fascinating uh, documentary. <laughs> well worth a watch and well worth. I mean, I've seen some mixed reviews about. It. But I thought it was brilliant. Uh, well worth an induction into Men Carter as well, and it would fit right because I need an IBM supercomputer to power the thing anyway. Yeah, okay. So Deep Blue gets into there just by default. Not really. Deep Blue because that computer's a shit. The, the, the documentary itself. Oh right, okay. Yeah, okay. Oh no, it isn't you, Kitty. It's Pete. You're too soft-hearted with that boy. Well, sadly, Peter, and sadly for everyone listening, I hope that is just about all we've got time for this week. But don't forget, the Luke and Pete show uh, is out every Monday throughout the summer. Yes. Um, so do look out for that. Subscribe on iTunes and check us out at lukeandpeteshow.com. Yeah, give us some reviews and stuff. Apparently yeah. that helps with the whole charts and stuff like that. Yeah, share the, wo- sh- uh, share the word, spread it around. Uh, we got, we're on Twitter and Instagram as well, so that's worth a look. And we will see you at roughly the same time next week. And don't forget to get your correspondence in for Agony Uncles and for anything else you want to get in touch with. Hello at lukeandpeteshow.com. Say goodbye, Peter. Goodbye, Peter. And goodbye from me. And if you are listening on a train, watch out for the insane people. And the headless chicken. The insane headless chicken. championship season is over and what a season it was but the best is yet to come it's the playoffs who will make it to the premier league and who will be left heartbroken at wembley stay across it all with the second tier we're bringing you episodes after every leg and in between we're revisiting the greatest moments in playoff history it's real conversation with two real championship obsessives so you can be in the know about everything happening in the playoffs and share all your new knowledge in the pub with your mates. So come join us. We're your one-stop shop for the playoffs. Search Second Tier in your podcast app and hit subscribe.